Hey, that was great. Everybody, we are back. We missed, we missed, what was it? I guess just last week, it was Chris's birthday. Chris, happy belated birthday. And, uh, and it here, here in Lafayette, it coincided with Lafayette schools fall break. So it was easiest to take the week off, but your number one rated biweekly Facebook live sports talk show at 9 PM on Wednesdays is back and we are ready to rock and roll and sparing no expenses uh, with the background there, Chris, uh, throwing up a full Ross aid, and we're going to yeah. get to NCAA football, and we're going to get to the Big Ten, but we're not going to get to it first. And as always, it'd be silly to get started here on Agree to Disagree uh, without giving our, our quick shout-out to our sponsors and our good friends at Taze River Brewing Company. Uh, again, as always, uh, the weather is still pretty nice. They've got that excellent outdoor area, and they've got tons of space and appropriate spacing on the inside. So go check our friends at Taze River Brewing Company out here on the south side of Lafayette. And as always, if you're just now tuning in for the first time, appreciate it here on Agree to Disagree. I'm Scott, Chris, and Josh. Uh, Eric had a late night at work. He texted us about a half an hour ago, and is uh, he is our regular, uh, but sometimes our irregular, fourth host here on Agree to Disagree. Um, Guys, we were talking about the lineup on what we were going to do today, and obviously all of our uh, listeners and all of our friends out there know we're going to talk about Purdue and IU and college football and the Big Ten, uh, but I, I didn't get the chance to tell you guys. I rearranged the order. Uh, I'm going to start with Major League Baseball. Okay? I want to start with Major League Baseball because the World Series is over. The Los Angeles Dodgers guys last night, they beat the Tampa Bay Rays. I think it was three to one was the final score for a series victory of four games to two, right? Yep. So question number one has kind of been the ongoing running joke we've had about MLB. Chris, out of the six World Series games, how many innings did you watch? Zero. <laughs> I don't watch any, which is a, a surprise because I usually will turn it on and watch a little bit. But, um, I mean, we had football on this week um, at the same time a couple of uh, – during the games. Um, but, yeah, I, it just didn't interest me to see the Dodgers who were one of the favorites at the beginning of the shortened season or actually at the very beginning before COVID hit. They were one of the favorites to win it all. Um, but, however – They've been the, really good for yeah, yeah, they have been. eight, they have eight been. years now. Yeah. It, it seems like eight years, um, and they just keep getting better. You know, uh, Mookie Betts, they got him from Red Sox um, during the offseason, um, and he helped solidify their championship roster this year um, and, and had a great World Series as well. But, um, again, they were, they, they were like the Lakers. They were picked to win it. So you have the L.A. Lakers winning it. Stop. You have no, the L.A. No, Dodgers. The Clippers. All right. You've already forgot. Everybody was slurping the Clippers. Kawhi, the greatest player allegedly ever, was supposed to win it before him and Paul George choked out in the semifinals of the Western Conference Finals. Sure. How many innings did you watch, Josh? Uh, zero innings. I accidentally watched one pitch last <laughs> week. When I was when the mass singer was supposed to have been on Fox, but instead it got pushed. So, needless to say, our household was thrilled 
that the Dodgers were able to win last night. So the mass Singer could be back tonight. It's recording right now so that we can <laughs> watch it this weekend as a family. Time for Group C. I, it turns out, me, I've kind of been the most critical, the most careless when it comes to MLB, watched the most of the World Series. By far. Right. Well, you guys watched zero. Uh, <laughs> last, not hard. I was say, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we texted that if, if the Rays won last night, my biggest concern was that the game was going to game seven was going to be on tonight. And the three, <laughs> the three MLB fans that watch our show might've chose game seven <laughs> over us, us, knowing that they could watch us after game seven, or they could watch us tomorrow here on Facebook live. Don't forget to just go to our Facebook page and you can watch us whenever, or, uh, it gets posted out on Spotify and Anchor. Chris, is that right? It does, yes. Uh, so I will usually do that in the morning. I'll process this um, and switch it over and get that posted. And we will uh, put that on Facebook and Twitter once that gets posted. So you guys can click on that link. I know a lot of you sometimes can't listen all the way. So you like to listen to your drive time on your way to work or on the way home or whenever you're running errands or whatever. So that way uh, we listen to you guys and uh, – Again, we listen to our fans. So you wanted it, and we gave it to you. Nice little plug there, Chris. I like Skip that. Back to MLB. I think I watched almost three innings last night. Wow. Well, wow. so truth truth be told, the kids were doing some homework. We were getting some things cleaned up. So I always just have something on. Like Typically, it's been sports because there's been something every night, and I'll just mute it while we're finishing up so i saw the first inning sort of while we were doing homework so i saw the second batter for the rays got a home run mm -hmm. and then uh you were you gave a little plug there to the masked senior nine o'clock wednesday's all new season of chopped on food network <laughs> <laughs> so game six mlb chopped so anyway after the kids are all in bed and everything's settling down, I just flip it over to see the score, which is what I wanted to bring up before we move on. And that's this. You guys watched zero of it, might not have heard. Tampa Bay's manager, his name is uh, Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. And I guess Tampa Bay is big into analytics. Yes. And they all season long have tried to only have their starters pitch two times through the lineup and then they take them out, mm -hmm. which whatever you save arms, you know, statistics, the analytics show that third time through they hit you better, whatever it's game six and you're down three games to two and your pitcher is on fire. It just so happened. It was the fifth inning when I, when, when chopped got it over and I flipped it over <laughs> to check the score. Did you guys hear what happened? Yeah. So if the listeners out there haven't heard, the background is this. Blake Snell, pitcher Tampa Bay, on fire, had given up one hit. Gets a guy out in the sixth inning, and then he gives up like a weak-ass hit up the middle. He's given up two hits in the game, nine strikeouts, and the next three guys up are combined over six with six strikeouts on the game. He's still throwing like 95, 96. Boom, they take him out. Right then, I said, oh, this game's over. Tampa Bay is going to lose. I left it on long enough to see the next guy they brought in who had given up at least 
one run in six straight appearances, promptly gave up two runs, turned it off, ball game over. So I guess I didn't watch quite three innings of the game. How much blame, before we move on to NCAA football, how much blame does analytics and Kevin Cash take for last night's game? All of it. (laughs) These, I'm sorry, but these analytics, first of all, I don't understand half of them. There's way too many different categories. But second of all, it's it's overtaking the game. And whatever happened to situational baseball, the feel of the game, and a manager doing, oh, I don't know, his job, instead of looking up in a little book of what I'm supposed to do in certain situations. It's game six. All the cards should be put in the middle of the table. I don't need to flip to my little flip chart to tell me that, oh, I need to take breaks, Blake Snell out of the game. All of it. He should be fired. I, I agree well, 100% with to, that. I I'm mean, fired he, up tonight. We'll do that some more, but go there, ahead. There's, there's certain times when you want to use the analytics, and it, it's not when it comes to that pitching. If you got you ride the hot hand, and that's always the way it's been in baseball, especially in the postseason. When your guy is hot, you keep him in as long as you can. Get as much out of him. If they're not hitting him, keep him in. I don't know. You have nothing to lose until they start hitting him. Then you take him. You yank him out. But don't be like, oh, he's hit some, you know, mysterious pitch count or hit the second wave of the lineup. That's not it. If they're still I not think hitting he was at, it. I think he was at, what, 75 pitches? Is, I, I was going to say like 60, 70. Yeah, he wasn't at that many. But analytics are good in certain situations where you're looking for a squeeze play, a bunt here or something like that, hit and run. Not when it comes to pitching. In the World Series, when your series is on the line, when you need a win – doesn't make a lot of sense. It's and he is up got, for like manager of the year too, I think. It's one thing if you got 150 games left and it's more about preserving Correct. arms. It's another thing if this is going to be Snell's last play or he's going to be his last appearance, regardless of how many innings he throws. I agree with you guys in the fact, and I agree with Dustin mentioned on here, you stick with the hot hand. I think we all are in agreement to that. But Paul Farmer says, agreeing with you guys, that Cash needs to be fired. And at first I was like, this guy's an idiot. He's got to be fired. But it turns out for Tampa Bay, this goes above Cash, that their analytics guys sometimes, I guess, have made the starting lineup for them. And that they've oh. got this. Uh, this comes. So, so I, I, I almost feel bad for oh. Cash because he looks like an idiot who has no idea what he's doing. But reports today are that he's just doing what his bosses tell him to do, which is a, which is a tricky situation. So we want to fire him for listening, but what if he didn't listen and then he got fired? So the whole, so he's not, so he's not the manager of the team. He's just a a whipping boy. Exactly. The whole, so Tampa Bay's organization, I wanted, I wanted to come on here and just rip cash when I watched it last night, but it sounds like the whole Tampa Bay organization besides, I don't know the players got exactly what they deserved. And that right there in game six of the world series is why baseball is done. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I thought you were now, actually going to bring up hey, another thing with the, with the world series, with the celebration with LA uh, one, of the players oh, Justin tested Turner. positive and they found out halfway th- or it was a, a false positive and then they tested him again and the results came in like halfway through the game or fifth inning they pulled him eighth inning he's when he got eighth is when he got taken out and then he came back out to celebrate with the team here's so. here's all i have to say about that i think some people are trying to make too big of a deal out of it obviously i'm not trying to belittle 
uh, COVID or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But the bottom line is this. What they do? They told him to just go to the dugout and wait, or they told him to go to the locker room and wait, and then nobody was like, "Oh, yeah. let's make sure I mean, he stays." And right, the bottom line too is, late. He was already out there earlier. So what's the you know what's the point? I mean, at that I mean, at that he time, comes, he comes back out. Right, yeah. it's Major League Baseball's fault. Not what's his name Turner. Not Turner's yeah. fault. Yeah. I mean, he's he's what one of the team leaders. They win the World Series. He's got one thought on his mind, and that's we just won the World Series. Right. The oh, yeah. players on the field, yeah. same thing. The organization, if MLB, if anybody's getting ripped for that, it's MLB. They mm-hmm. should have taken him, you know, to, I mean, some sort of special COVID room. I, I don't know, with, with like a security guard or, or taking him to the hospital. I, I don't know. The bottom yeah. line is, look, hey, go sit over there and we're going to just leave you and hope you stay <laughs> there when your team yeah. wins the World Series after Tampa Bay does the stupidest thing I've ever seen in professional sports. Right. The story. Don't don't let don't let Tampa Bay off the hook. It was the dumbest no, no, thing. Yeah, ever. no. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Now for the main event. The Big Ten is back. And right now, all three of us have reason to be happy. Yes. We'll start. We'll start with maybe the undercard, admittedly. <laughs> the <laughs> Purdue University Boilermakers <laughs> beat Iowa in dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the game, David Bell, superstar, Darned. Brian Brom, first time calling plays, does a great job, especially in the second half. And what got what got left out a lot is the Purdue defense looked as good as it's looked in a few years. And for that, I'm excited. But we, Chris, we're the undercard in this, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the main event was the overrated. <laughs> horribly, horribly coached. Oh, that was bad, coach. That was bad coaching. Number Woo-hoo. number eight, <laughs> number eight in the nation, Penn State, going into the friendly confines of Bloomington <laughs> and choking their lives away in one of the, I don't know, Josh. When did it start to get really crazy? Like six minutes to go in the game. Oh, five yeah. minutes. Five yeah, minutes. If you want to say it was, it was one of the craziest like head scratching finishes from that five or six minutes through overtime. Let's, let's start with the ending and work our way back. And I said this, I said this in a text to you, Josh, and I know it's, it's hard. I I feel like I should take my Purdue gear off because it makes me just look like a, a hater. If you change, I use uniforms to ill, Iowa State, and you change Penn State's uniforms to Kansas. I can't think of two teams I care less about. I still say that that uh, that, that the two point conversion to win the game was a bad call. By by the officials. Yes. Okay. Okay. I just, I just can't. I, I, <laughs> it's like, I, okay, I, that's, that's fair enough. Josh is like, I just don't care. We won the game. It doesn't matter. That, that's uh, point one. Right. I, I, I watched, I watched the replay again today. I did too. On, I, I watched it. I watched it like thirty the, times. Try right. to talk myself out of saying that it doesn't count. Well, I, I think that a lot of people are talking about the pylon, and, and when it when it happened live, I accidentally punched my oldest son in the face by yelling touchdown. I hit him in the face. He's almost, I apologize. I, he's almost right. 
But and I go, he hit the pylon, he hit the pylon, the pylon is always in. And that's what I screamed when it happened live. And of course, all of our IU guys are texting and we're talking about the game. And Kubot's like, he's out. But I went back and watched it again. The pylon doesn't matter on this certain play is what is what I, I've come to realize. When Penix reaches out, th- th- there wasn't a straight goal line view. It was at an right. angle by about 15 degrees this way. So you don't get a true all the way through. When he reached out, before he even hit the pylon, it looked to me like the ball was at an angle and it crossed the white and then hit the ground and then hit the pylon. Okay. And I think, and so that's, so I, and I also think, so for that reason, I think he was in, but it doesn't matter what I think. I also think that if they would have called it no good on the field, there was no way to overturn it the other way too. Whatever the ref, whatever the referee did on that play, on that minute, at that exact time, he was forced to keep it that way. There was no way that you could overturn it in any way, shape, or form. And that's and kind that's, of where I was yeah. on Saturday. On Saturday when I was watching it live, my my first thought was the same thing, that, oh, man, you know, where where are the rest of the camera angles? If this were an NFL game that's got right. 60, 60 mm-hmm. extra cam, camera angles, we might have a little bit more conclusive evidence. But, no, right. that I, I came back to that as well. I still don't think it was in, but like you said, if I, I the thing I agree with you the most on though is if they would have called it no good, they were going to stick with it. And after I saw a few replays on Saturday, even though it would looked iffy, it there wasn't you, you had to call it whatever it was on the field. I was just surprised right. they called it good on the field, but great. I was a little surprised too. I, I think that the reason they called it good on the field is because he hit the pylon, and I yes. think that's why the referee made the distinction he was good. Mm-hmm. Because in that split second, you couldn't tell when the ball hit the ground, crossed right. the pylon, right, and all, right. all that happened so fast. And I think because he hit the pylon, his initial reaction was the same as mine, is the pylon's always in. And I think that's why the referee made that call, and then, they, then he was forced to keep it that way, and there was nothing, nothing you can do about it. It takes a little bit of luster away from Penn State, Ohio State on Saturday, but I think Penn State's going to get smoked on Saturday regardless, regardless oh, yeah. of the outcome of, of the IU game. Uh, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong. IU now ranked 17th in the nation. That is correct. Heading highest, to- highest since uh, 93, I think. Wow. And heading to what many consider to be a favorable, winnable, like should win game. I think they're 12 and a half point favorites. At well, who, I think it, I, who would have thought that after this weekend, either IU or Rutgers would be 2-0. Oh, I know, right? And and, uh, I saw this. uh, It's the first time since I texted you guys, 1991, Mm -hmm. that Purdue and IU are both 1-0 in the Big Ten the same season, which is, you know, remarkable to think that it's been what I – I don't know, I'm not trying to do that math, 29 years since both teams have been Mm -hmm. 1-0 at the same time. And then, obviously, Purdue at Illinois on Saturday is favored as well. And it would be if they both win, Purdue and IU, it would be the first time in all of our lifetimes that both teams are 2-0 and in conference since 1976. So, well, I, I, love all these, I love all these numbers that were given yeah. out because IU hadn't beat a top-10 team since 87. 87. You know, we all know what happened in 1987. And you just said what, – what was the – you said 1976. We all know what happened in 1976 if you're an IU fan. Oh, they won the national championship in both those years in basketball. So Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I, I got where you were going. I, I need to. <laughs> the I hardwood. Wasn't, I wasn't taking that bait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure we'll lean into this in, an, in another segment, but Purdue, yeah. looked, Purdue looked really good. And I there's no reason why now they can't win the West, believe it or not. I sent uh, I sent a text with roses on it when I found out that Mertz was going to have COVID and be out for three weeks yeah. for Wisconsin. And Josh, I know we were texting about this earlier. Let's stick in the Big Ten just for a second. Uh, you, uh, I think it might have been two episodes ago, had said that the Big Ten would not lose a game to COVID, and Correct. they didn't. They didn't. You were right for one week, but mm-hmm. now they have Wisconsin with, uh, you know, I think 12 or so people within the organization have tested positive and the game against Nebraska has been canceled. And as of right now, it looks like it is not a, it is not, it's called a no contest. It's not a forfeit. So all of the sudden, all of a sudden, it looks like Nebraska and Wisconsin both will only play as of right now, seven regular season games. How that Correct. ties in? How that ties into playing the Big Ten championship game? I have no idea. Like, what if you're? Are you? What if you're seven and zero and produce seven and one? Right. I think I, from what I've heard early on, is it's going to be based on percentage. So it technically, Good Wisconsin would get yeah. that. But I think it's. I think that's part of the reason why the Big Ten decided to do the one versus one, two versus two idea, where if let's just say Wisconsin gets that big 10 one seed against, let's just say Ohio state and Ohio state blows them out. And let's say Purdue gets to two seed and they play Michigan and they blow out Michigan. Well, then Purdue would be, I don't know, set up for a better bowl than, than what Wisconsin would be. I think, I think that's part of the reason why they, they broke it all the way down like that. How about us talking about Purdue in the West after one, (laughs) a four point win against Iowa. Hey, Hey, but I mean, when you think about it, it's 2020. It, You're right, anything can happen. You were already without your head coach. You're without your star wide receiver. No, uh, time out, time out, time out. Purdue's star wide receiver was on the field, Chris, all game. He had three touchdowns. David Bell. David Bell. I'm just, I'm just get, saying. Get with the program. No, listen. David Rondale Bell is now done. your best wide receiver. Rondell Moore. We're going to skip ahead a little bit here, and let's talk briefly about Rondell Moore. Chris, Rondell Moore did not play. It was kind of a late announcement. He had opted out allegedly never signed no proof that he did anything with an agent. He opts back in and then he mysteriously doesn't play. You are our Purdue insider. Do you have any more insight in that? There was rumors that Rondell does what he wants to do. He told the team he wasn't going to play. What do you got going for so far? So there's a lot of rumors out there and a national sports writer earlier this week said that he had talked to someone close to Rondell who said that Rondell will play this weekend and that he actually opted out himself to sit out this week. Um, sorry, that's Chris, a national I'm reporter. Sorry, I'm laughing at yeah. Dustin's yeah. Dustin's message that Purdue fans don't even like each other. No, I, I, I love I love Chris. I love Chris like the little brother that he is to me. <laughs> See, I don't even have that up. But anyway, so that that's one of the that's a story from a national writer. And then the other story or speculation that kind of got lost in translation on Twitter yesterday was when a uh, local sports reporter um, interviewed one of the um, offensive coordinators, uh, the wide receivers coach Shepard. And he asked him, uh, is Rondell practicing? And he was like, no, or is Rondell out? 
yes is he or no or something and is he is he sitting out or practicing he's like no no was his answer but the way that the reporter tweeted it out made it sound like he just wasn't practicing at all and he was not going to do anything at all because he's just done um but well, and then he retweeted and he just said he's he out corrected, he's out i don't know what that means so he corrected the the so what he did was he basically paraphrased what was said instead of asked putting the exact wording that was in there he had asked him one is rondell practicing no he's not he's he's been sitting out then the other thing was is he is he is he playing at all no he's we don't know he's out all, all Purdue was saying is he's out they're not they're okay. being very tight-lipped about it so what the reporter said was he's out he's out basically he heard those two things and that's kind of what he tweeted out so um, we don't know if Rondell Moore's playing at Illinois or not yet correct or ever again know. this year oh and that's the other thing we don't know if there's also speculation that he tore his hamstring during one of the first practices um, when they started back up or not tore or, but re-injured his hamstring, tweaked it, something to his hamstring. The other rumor is that maybe he did get COVID when he was back home in Louisville um, working out at home. And then since he already got it, he figured, well, might as well opt back in. You know, I already had it. That's a crazy rumor that, I mean, those are just how, some how, of the rumors. Out how there. long has he, how long has he been on campus now? At least three weeks, right? Three, practiced- yeah, since the start. Yeah. So, so really, we just don't know. We don't know. All right. Now, in the meantime, Purdue has a bona fide superstar at wide receiver in David yeah. Bell. He's six foot two, silky smooth. And for most of the Iowa game, they had a safety just sitting on top of him mm-hmm. with the cornerback. And he still had, what, 12 catches and three touchdowns. So with Rondale back, if he comes back, it makes Purdue's offense even better. Okay. But let's not gloss over. I'm, I'm no longer convinced that Rondale Moore would be the best player on offense if he comes back. David Bell dominated like a number one would dominate, not a gadget slot guy. And I think Rondale Moore was – outstanding his his freshman year that was a lifetime ago you're exactly right david bell just lines up and plays wide receiver just be the man about it i mean his performance i i I did have i put up two two tvs on saturday to watch both games at the same time and david david yeah i didn't do it for you david bell (laughs) was uh, david bell was probably the best player i saw in both games honestly that i was watching and the guy didn't even win Mr. Football in Indiana. He got uh, doesn't mean I mean, who, I'm just saying, who cares? dude who cares? was the best player in the state two years ago as a senior. Should have won it. I'm just saying that. I'm just putting that out there. But well, I mean, like even in like, recruiting, he was he he he's been a stud for a while. Like he he's been the best player in the state for a long time. And if anybody that watches high school football around the state, they knew who David Bell was prior to him committing to Purdue. I mean, that's just how good he was. He had offers from Ohio State, the, the big names everywhere, and he chose Purdue. Yeah, the Mr. Football thing to me doesn't carry a lot of weight because he's a wide receiver. I mean, Mr. Football kind of, I mean, goes to quarterbacks and in, in high school, back. depending on the state, running, running backs. Back. It's kind of like the MVP in the NFL. It always goes to a quarterback no matter what. And in high school, you throw a running back in there, they got 7,000 yards and 80 touchdowns, but they're not going to give it to a wide receiver. But, yeah, no, he's a stud. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Josh, from the IU game, before we move on to this next question here, uh, who was your, who was your MVP for IU? If David Bell was hands down the MVP for Purdue, who was your MVP for the IU upset over Penn state? Uh, there was a couple uh, defensive backs. Williams was one. Uh, James had junior plays on the line, very quiet game, but made two key tackles in the fourth quarter in overtime that really propelled him over the top of it. And I'll tell you what, in, in that last drive, when IU had to drive the whole length of the field in a minute 26 with just one timeout, mm -hmm. they, uh, they threw it to two freshmen that had never caught a ball before, ever. And they came up with two sweet catches. And so IU's got some really good wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Wap Filler is, go is going to be a, a NFL player next year. And they got some young guys coming up. It's going to be fun to watch the next couple of years. They, they do. Nice. And, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited. After one week, obviously, both teams look really competitive, yeah. which it's it's been a minute since both fan bases and, and us can kind of jab back right. and forth with teams that look like, you know, when we say have a shot, we just mean have a shot to be good, right? We mean have a shot to, to maybe do something crazy every now and again. Um, now, in the Big Ten, Josh, do you want to come back and revisit the Wisconsin cancellation, or do you want to just say, eh, it is what it is, and move on? I am – I'll do whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> if we're going on time, I can go on my rant or I can make it very quick rant. I, 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 let me just put it this way. I'll let you decide what you want to do after I make this one quick statement. I like it. I am not happy about what Wisconsin did at all. I think it's shameless. I think it's chicken shit. And there's a <laughs> lot of other words I can use about this whole thing. Six players. Now, if that's all they have is six players that have it, that is no reason to cancel a whole game when you have 60 players on an active roster and up to 125 there in your pool of players. Now I'll go into more detail if you want to, or we can gloss right over. Well, let me come back at you with this using some of your own words from the previous podcasts. And then we'll kind of go from there. We, we, we all know that uh, some of us say things <laughs> that we try to get a reaction out of. <laughs> i.e. Eric always taking the Giants to win the NFC East, even though he knows that ain't happening. Not gonna happen. They're only like a game out. All <laughs> Everybody's only a game out. <laughs> Behind who? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, my only comeback to that, Josh, is this. Uh, mm. You complimented the Big Ten on – I did. On having everything in place. Yep. And one of and the, the reasons, but the big 10 didn't do this to Wisconsin. Big 10 has their set of rules that they've set up for all the teams to follow. Wisconsin has six players at test positive, six coaches. These are numbers that we know of as of right now. If it, if it expands, I'll take everything back. I just said, but Wisconsin decided to put a pause on this for seven days. It wasn't the big 10. No, it was Wisconsin. It was Barry Alvarez. Who's running the big 10. If you ask me. He's been there for long enough, and he's the highest guy up in the food chain. Wisconsin sure. is the one to put the pause for seven games on this. The Big Ten has the rule of 21 days once you test positive, and that's only half for COVID. The other half of that is for the, the uh, mitocarditis. The yeah, yeah, the yeah. The mitocarditis, which Brady Feeney and IU player had 
in the summertime. And that's why this whole thing came to light yes. is because of the hard thing. So that's why it's 21 days, not for the spread. I get that if the big 10 thought that if six players get it, we have to cancel. There's no reason anyone should start. We all know there's going to be a group of little players here or a group of players here, but yeah. to pause a whole week because two of your quarterbacks get it is ridiculous. Oh, I agree with you there. So my, so I guess part of my argument has to be taken away. I thought it was because of the the Big Ten threshold that the game got suspended. This was a this was this a Barry Alvarez. Okay, well, then never mind. You're right. I got nothing. To, I got nothing to disagree with you on. Mm-hmm. So you're rant over. I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. So I uh, mic drop. Uh, let's let's we're going to stick with another question in college football. And then the, the last one is going to bleed us into the NFL. Uh, our last episode. Now we've seen the big 10 play. We've got a couple more big games on the slate. Uh, I want, I want your top four teams. If you were NCAA czar and I, I hate to use the word playoff because it's only four teams, but if, if you got four, four teams that you're going to go against each other for the national championship, after what we've seen so far, who you got? Okay. Thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, because Chris is deferring. I was looking up stuff. The top 25? Hopefully yeah. college football stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I will I, – I, I think you have to put three of them in automatic. I think we're all going to be I, I think Clemson, we're – yeah, I was going to say – Alabama I think we're all, and Ohio State. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. I would think that those would all be pretty good. I'm going to shamelessly put number five at a, uh, a team here in Indiana. And uh, they won on Saturday. Did they win by one point? No. <laughs> they, 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 they crushed Pittsburgh. And I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I don't think that they can sustain it for the rest of the year. But if but the question was posed as if the playoffs started right now, I would Dang. probably have to put Notre Dame. But I I, I want to say Oklahoma State, but I don't think they can run the table. I don't think a Big 12 team is going to be able to mm-hmm. be able to make it. I think a second loss, a two loss SEC team will probably jump Oklahoma State eventually. I 100% agree. Chris, are we all in agreement on Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State oh, yeah. in no yeah. particular order? Yeah, th- those three unanimous, I think, for us, and and all kind of slotted the same place, um, you know, the the top tier. Um, and then the biggest question is, who is that fourth one? And you brought up Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Um, you know, those. Uh, I think I still think SEC is going to play a role here. Um, I still think Georgia is still really a good team. Um, they've only had one loss. Um, they got smacked by Alabama. They did. They did. But I mean, that's it's Alabama. <laughs> who who we're saying are some of the top three tier teams? Oh, I, know. I mean, if, if if Alabama played Oklahoma State, I'm sure they get smacked too. But I'm saying, like right now, do I think Oklahoma State is better than Georgia? I don't think so. Oh God, no. See, I've got. So are you put? Who are you putting in officially? I'll put I'll put Georgia in there. Okay, we'll do, all right. I'll do two SEC schools with Alabama and Georgia in there. I like Dustin's homerism of trying to throw out IU. Uh, I also <laughs> like, Josh, you taking Notre Dame. They're the logical number four as of right now. And an ode to our missing partner here on Agree Disagree, Eric. 
Notre Dame makes the most sense, but two other teams to really consider. Really, I would have if if Wisconsin didn't come down with COVID. Wisconsin yeah. would have been a heavy number four consideration for me. Uh, they looked really good. Granted, Illinois is not the best, but again, they looked the part with a good quarterback. I like Notre Dame to be in that four spot for right now, but a couple of I, I have three again here's how you had your bet i've got i've got three teams that i really kind of like on the radar and i'm going to start with maybe a, a, a bigger team who will play penn state who will play ohio state in the regular season so they're going to get their chance similarly to how georgia got their chance already when they got smacked by alabama and that's michigan michigan starting the first quarterback that has been a hardball guy. They've used transfers. They've had some seniors. He's in year six. So I'm surprised this is his first guy, but Michigan looked great. And they, they sunk the boat, so to speak in Minnesota. (laughs) And so Michigan comes to my mind right away. If they get a couple more big wins, uh, you know, I, I could easily see Michigan and Ohio state being undefeated when they play in the last week of the regular season. My other two outlying teams to kind of keep an eye on, and I know it won't happen because it's not a true playoff. It's the final four of power schools, Cincinnati and BYU. BYU. They, they're they thumping people. Both schools are thumping people. They're not going to get the chance because they would rather take some got-blown-out-already Georgia team, right? Or if Notre Dame somehow gets to play Clemson in the snow and only loses by 12, they're going to want to keep Notre Dame in there because they played Clemson. But BYU and Cincinnati both look like they could go undefeated and look like they could compete with the big boys. And this could be the perfect opportunity to give them a chance, even though they won't. Michigan, Michigan does have to travel to IU. I will say that. And uh, I, I do think, to Chris's point on Georgia, I do think that the thumping will take a, uh, a toll on how, if Georgia can sneak in or not. I, I think that, that margin yeah, of victory, it's, true. it's how you true. lose and how you win now that I think if you get blown out and that's your only loss, I don't care how good that team is. If you get blown out, you're going to get left behind, in my opinion. And that's part of the argument because you already had a chance. You right. already you already had a chance. You proved right. that you're not good enough. Uh, now I want to take the final four, and we're going to bleed college football into the NFL with this next question. Trevor Lawrence, uh, the Greek god himself, has made news this week when asked about the possibility of playing for your Jets, Josh, if he would go or if he – he just said, don't know. I, I plan on going pro, but I might come back. It was really kind of a non-answer answer. The people ran with it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck who was the best quarterback prospect since John Elway and Josh, your jets are not trash. They're they're not very trash. It's okay. Trash. Uh, I don't see a win on their schedule. If they have the number one pick and Lawrence is available, I have a couple of questions for you. here. I just want to kind of pick your brain first. You've got Sam Darnold finishing up year three. Realistically, you're going to have a new coaching staff in place. 
if you're the Jets and all options are on the table with the number one pick, what's your number one thing you would want to do? I would have to call the other 31 teams and see what I can get for the number one pick. And if that is the King's ransom and you can get a Ricky Williams type trade or uh, a, a, a hall that would change an organization, I trade it. You're Honestly. talking multiple number ones, multiple, over multiple number years two. and over twos. And yes, I trade it. Look, Trevor Lawrence may be a once in a lifetime quarterback, but if you put him on that current Jets team, they're still not going to win a game. They're that <laughs> bad. So, I, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to have great to have him. And we all know that Gase isn't going to be there next year. And if I'm the Jets, I'm also going to call up Trevor Lawrence on draft day or actually way before draft day and be like, who do you want as a coach? I mean, what kind of input? I mean, you got to ask him. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think is more likely of a scenario, Chris? Trevor Lawrence – going back to Clemson to try to avoid the Jets or Trevor Lawrence trying to Eli his way out of New York? I think, I mean, the money's there. Uh, there's there's no reason to risk a, an injury and go back to Clemson. Um, you've already won a national championship. The only thing you're missing is a Heisman, uh, which he could get this year, who knows. Um, but to me, you're not chasing anything. I mean, go, you're proven number one QB, Go get your money and pull an Eli. I mean, if you don't – I would say he's got – does he have more clout than Eli does? I think he kind of does. I think he's a better prospect. Again, 100%. 100% better prospect. And, again, we're looking at the the next best prospect since Andrew Luck. And before that, you said John Elway. Some may say Manny, but he was up in the air with uh, – uh, what's his name? Uh, that Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf. And Leaf. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning was a yeah. great prospect, right. but the but he didn't have all of the physical tools Correct. of Lawrence. Yes, yeah. Luck away. Yeah. So I I think I think Trevor Lawrence and he's actually been more outspoken this year, especially uh, with the players and in within the NCAA saying, "Hey, we want to play," taking on some of that lo- ownership because he is the face of NCAA football right now. He can do that. So you're saying he's not a me guy; he's more of a team guy. So why not, instead no, of he's, chasing something, go chase and be turn the Jets completely around 100% and be the guy in the Big Apple? Well, I think if thing, you go to the Jets, you're, you're not chasing anything. You're running from the people that are chasing you yeah. because there's no, no other. I mean, if you, if, if, you, you, you chase to be the, the, the guy that turned around the, the trash organization. I mean, you do that, dude, they, they will put a bronze statue at Edna Meadowlands Day one. I mean, but here's what you said. He, I mean, think he's going to be running for his life if he's with the Jets. They have too many holes right now to fill. Who is he going to throw to? Not nah, Chris. Going to protect Josh, him. Josh was putting your own words back in your mouth. I know. I know. Yeah, that's really yeah. what it came down to. Uh, there's a lot of football left. You know, we thought the Dolphins were going to get the number one pick this past season. I think they picked fifth. Um, and let's not kid ourselves. If the if the Jets win a game, I'm not. I don't know if the Giants will win another one, right? I mean, there's some just really, really terrible stuff going on. I don't know. One other thing, and this is so far away. I was just curious about it from the news this week, Josh. If Trevor Lawrence wants to come to the Jets and the new regime wants him, just off the cuff, what do you think the Jets could get for Sam Darnold with two years left on his rookie contract? Uh, maybe a third, maybe. Okay. Okay. Maybe. I've, 
that's 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 hoping that that's saying that he's going to win a game this year. <laughs> I was thinking maybe a low second round in the fifties. So, I mean, if like on the flip side of this, uh, you know, as a Colts fan, we don't really have a quarterback. Would you would would you as a Colts fan trade a third a third round pick for Sam Darnold? I think you do. Absolutely. I, I right. There was a reason there was a reason that the physical tools were there to make him be in the mix for the number one overall pick mm-hmm. and for the Jets to trade up to get him in the first place with the Colts might have you. Uh, and there's he's got he's got all of the physical tools that made him the number three overall pick. Right. He was number three. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if the Colts have the I don't know, the 70th pick in the draft. You, you look at it, the first round is a coin toss, which is why that trade for DeForest Buckner I thought was so smart. Now you've got the 70th pick, and you're like, we could draft a cornerback from Illinois who might play, or we could try to get some damaged goods, and you don't have to look any further than stay in the AFC South and see what Tennessee has done with uh, Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill. Uh, with a better offensive line, a better running game, and a better coach. Uh if I were the Colts and the Jets offered Sam Darnold for our third round pick, I would make that trade today. And re- with not even knowing where in the third round, my third round pick is. And I would immediately be like, Hey, Jacoby Brissett, it's been real. See ya. You're out of here. And I'd be like, Philip Rivers, you got about two weeks and then you're done. Uh, so I, I mean, I'm not totally giving up on Sam Darnold either. Part of it is because I've seen how good Ryan Tannehill has been with Tennessee. And so I think right there is you don't have to look very far to be like, absolutely, I'd give up a third-round pick. I don't personally want to give up on Sam Darnold quite yeah. yet. I want, to, I want to see the rest of the season and see what he can do. But, I mean, when, when a Jets team has four yards of offense in the second half, that's, that's not good. Total yards. Oh. No, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 He has been doing a good job throwing to Jamison Crowder, might I might I add. Uh, so, <laughs> no. When we see each other next, uh, you know, with with being the number one rated bi-weekly Facebook live show, it's tough because we only see each other on here every other week. And last week was a three-week break. We are not quite to the halfway mark of the NFL season. The next time we see each other will be on the opposite end of the halfway mark of the NFL season. And so kind of just where most teams have played six to seven games, depending on their buys. Uh, I kind of just want to know your thoughts right now, as far as the NFL goes on who, who do you got your eyes on? Like we did preseason predictions and then we did after the first four game overreaction, I took a mulligan Uh, right, right now. Let's start in the AFC because that's kind of where all of our eyes go the most. Who are your top three teams in the AFC as of right now? And I want you to, I want you to answer that. Give me who you think is maybe uh, the third best and then the second best and, and then your number one overall team in the AFC. And then we're going to do a round turn on. We'll do the flip thing for the NFC as well. So kind of give me, give me your three, two, one on your top dogs in, in the AFC. Uh, and I, don't, I, again, I kind of just threw that on you. I didn't tell you guys I was going to go three, two, one. Chris, your hand went up. Are you ready to rock and roll? Yeah, so I'm going to go three with uh, Baltimore Ravens. And and this is the NFC North, I think, is a really, really tough and really good division this year. Um, So I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens at five and one. Uh, And then right after them, even though the Steelers are six and oh, 
you know, undefeated. Um, I'm going to put them two. I just think the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they're five and one, have too much offensive weapons. Um, they're just so much fun to watch. And Mahomes and, and what he can do and just anytime he's out of the pocket, it, it's just magical to watch him. I mean, it really is. Um, so I, I say those are my top three in the AFC. Josh, what about you? Uh, I like your I like your teams, Chris. Uh, I'm going to start by saying I'm going to leave the Ravens off of my list as of right this minute because I think they're going to lose on Sunday. So I'm going to put the Titans at three, and I didn't want to put them at three, but the way they came back against Pittsburgh on Sunday, and yeah. trust me, I was forced to watch every single second <laughs> of that game. Um, they really did impress me because they, they stuck to their game plan, even though they were down by 17, 20 points. They stuck with it, and it almost worked. I'm going to put the Chiefs at number two just because they have so many weapons around them, and I'm hoping that uh, Eric Bieniemy, their offensive coordinator, is the Jets coach next year. And I'm going to put number one as Pittsburgh. They're just, they're just dominating right now. Uh, they almost let it slip away against Tennessee, but they found a way to win. So – and I think they're going to beat Baltimore this weekend. So that that's my three. I was the double checking to win. I was double checking. It's Steelers at Ravens on Sunday. So Josh, I missed what you, you you still have the same three teams as Chris, but you have Steelers number one. I have Steelers um, one, Chiefs two, two, Titans three. There it is. Yeah. Okay, I Titans three. My mistake. My mistake. Uh, I was going to go top four to make it a lot easier on myself, and then I kind of just trimmed the fat, so to speak, and made it top three because. The four teams you guys have named were going to be my top four teams in the mm -hmm. AFC. Uh, but unlike you, Josh, Steelers at Ravens, Ravens coming off of a bye. The Ravens are going to win that game on Saturday. I think they're going to do it in convincing fashion. Ben Roethlisberger. Do they have, do they have fans in Baltimore? Do we know? I don't think so. I, I they don't do. Think they have very they, minimal. Okay. I don't think they, they do. They do. They have very minimal. What I'm going to do is going to be kind of a little bit consistent with where I was at the beginning of the season, I'm going to go Titans as my number three team. The Ravens are going to be my number two team because I think they're going to win against Pittsburgh on Sunday. And the chiefs are going to be my number one team. Kind of like you said, I know they lost, but again, un unless something, somebody gets injured, I think the chiefs are going to be where I ride, yeah. especially in a close game down the stretch. But I do have the Steelers kind of sliding into what would be that number four spot. And, uh, Obviously, with that prediction, I, I just doomed the Ravens on Sunday. We all know that. <laughs> but, but but my my top three is part of it is saying that I think the Ravens off that bye are going to come out and they're going to look sharp. And I think they're going to beat the Steelers this Sunday. And that's going to be the game to watch, by the way. And that's why I've got the Ravens at two. Let's uh, let's flip it. And uh, let's look at the NFC. We've we've put a few less eye a few less eyes on the NFC as the season is wore on. But I know we're not going to look at all of the divisions because the Philadelphia Eagles are in first place in the NFC East, uh, which I have to bring up every time they are. Uh, it's it's part of my contractual obligations. We'll assume nobody's going to put the Eagles in their top three, <laughs> but no. NFC, what do you got? Josh, Josh you go first this time. I'll, I'll go next. Uh, this one's tough. Uh, I'm going to go with Arizona at three right now. I like probably, it. It's a, probably a little bit of a surprise. Not 
for me, but maybe more for Eric, because he said the air raid wouldn't work with Cliff Kingsbury, but he was wrong. I, I, I want to put him <laughs> above Seattle because they just beat him, but I can't because I think Seattle's played better as a whole. And then I'm going to go Green Bay number one. I know they have that, that – I know they have a slip-up, but Aaron Rodgers, after that piss-poor performance, just came out lights out and was like, you know what? Screw you guys. I am still – a top three quarterback in this league, and I'm going to show you how to do it. So I'm going to give Green Bay number one, Seattle number two, Arizona number three. Okay. Chris, what are you thinking, man? Uh, I'm, I'm going to do – I like two of those three. Um, I like Seattle number one. I know they just lost to Arizona this past week. So um, then, wait, you're going to go one, two, three, or oh, three, Oh, sorry, two? sorry. Let me go three, two, one. If I go three, right. two, one, I'm going to go Tampa Bay at three. Um yeah, they had, uh, you know, two losses or whatever, but they've had some pretty, pretty strong wins as well. Uh, pretty impressive wins. Uh, one over Green Bay where they just annihilated them. Um, but they have three losses. Their, their two latest losses. Loss be- two. Two. Wait, hold on. Their latest loss being signing Antonio Brown? But um, no. I don't think he's going to play, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't he's, think he's, he's going to cause a headache, and it's going to cause <laughs> – yeah. Bruce Arians to go ape shit on him. <laughs> right, And right. Arians never liked him from the get-go, so that's an odd <laughs> I know. Match. Uh Two, I'm going to go uh, – Who do I, oh, two, I'm going to go Green Bay, and then Seattle, I'm going to go one. Um, that NFC West, that's a tough division looking at that right now. Um, that's a fun division. Um, so, yeah, so three would be uh, Tampa Bay, two Green Bay, and one Seattle. Guys, fill in the blank for me here on the number one football cliche. Ready? Defense wins – Championships. Guys, the Seahawks defense sucks. The only <laughs> they just, reason they just, tra- they just traded they for just Carlos Dunlop today, yep. who hasn't done anything this year. <laughs> no, he got demoted to the third string. Uh, that is why the Seahawks are in the three spot. They should be undefeated, but their defense is terrible. The Seahawks are my number three. And I got to give Dustin another shout out on here. I'm I, great minds think alike. The Packers are number two and Tampa Bay has shown the last two weeks that the defense is dominant. Right. And again, there's something to be said about having a lot of new pieces on a team needing time to gel, especially when one of those pieces is a 43-year-old dude who's only ever been in Foxborough. And if you kind of look at those first couple of weeks and that little terrible loss at Chicago, who has a good defense but a terrible offense, Tampa Bay right now is on a collision course with somebody from the AFC for the Super Bowl. They are the best team in the NFC right now. Tom Brady and the offense. Oh, it turns out it took Gronk a couple of weeks to get, you know, to sweat out all of the booze that he had from partying. And now he looks like a football player again, right? Tampa Bay is the team to beat, and the defense looks awesome. And now all of a sudden, the offense looks great again. That's why your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are my number one team in the NFC. And I, I don't see anybody beating them in Tampa Bay in the playoffs. And I do think that they'll end up getting the number one seed. 
But if you go back to our predictions, I also had him in the Super Bowl. So I just kind of got to double down. Now that they're playing better. <laughs> That's not hedging your bet. That's doubling down. No, yeah, I know. I do a little bit of both. Hey, uh, <laughs> next time we see each other, guys, we're going to spend – we talked a little bit about kind of the Trevor Lawrence, what's he going to do. In two weeks, we will have had two games of Tua Tugaviola playing for Miami. And we're going to have a little bit of a better sample size to compare him against two rookies that look amazing. And I'm going to kind of, I've got a little game for us set up to give you guys a preview looking ahead on would you rather, and we're going to use first, second and third year guys, because right now Burrow and Herbert both look better than maybe besides Kyler Murray, all of the second year guys and half of the third year guys as it is already. So we're going to prep a little bit for that so you can use some actual analytics to go along with your gut. Uh, I know. Sorry. I only use my gut. Uh, hold on. What we got? Dustin says, first time ever a team plays the Super Bowl at home this season. Uh, Dustin, that's next level information. I don't even know where the Super Bowl is. I'm assuming it's in Tampa Bay. Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay would be my yeah. guess as well. It is Mark Tampa it Bay. down. Mark it down. It's happening. Uh, guys, we'll know more in two weeks as well. So we're just going to end end with this uh, just over the next two to three minutes. And we mentioned college basketball briefly earlier. Practices are going on now. Um, I know that some Orlando tournaments have gotten canceled. Josh, I want to start with you. What is kind of your gut telling you we're going to see? Because we did not see the tournament last year. What is your gut telling you? about the start and maybe the season of college basketball? Uh, I, I think it's going to start because they've already got a date set up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know more and more coaches have come out today saying they want a bubble. They want a bubble. Um, the latest was uh, the, uh, Jay Wright from Villanova saying we want a bubble. I don't think they're going to be able to pull off a bubble this quick to try to do the whole season. Uh for the NCAA tournament, I think they could spread out bubbles and do like pod-like things. I I know I doubled down when this whole COVID thing started about uh, the NCAA tournament would happen regardless of all the stuff. And I was wow, I did too. wow was I wrong? But uh, Chris, it might have been you that brought this up, and I hate to steal your thunder. But the NCAA cashed in their insurance policy last year for that, and you're not allowed to use it two years in a row. So. I'm going to quadruple down my bet and we will have an NCAA tournament. Um, the one thing I don't want to see is them go to conference only. I think that's a dangerous slope to, to go down because of the way that the conferences aren't all set up equally. I know if you do a round robin, it's a little more even, but some of these conference, some of these littler schools like the, like the ASUN and stuff like that, they're going to William and Mary and they're playing two games right there. And that's it. They're playing those two games and they're traveling back home. Then, then a team will come in to their home and they'll play on a Thursday, Sunday to get two games out of the way, but it's not a true round Robin. Right. So other sports do that. Even in the big 10, you have travel partners. Right. That so people don't I, think about because it's not on TV all the time. The NCAA tournament has said they need a minimum of 13 games for you to qualify as of right now. So, I guess we'll have it. I guess as long as you hit that 13-game schedule, we'll see what they do. I, I don't know. 
I, I've yeah. given up trying to pre- I've given up on trying to predict COVID things. Well, then let's just predict what's happening next week to wrap the show up. Josh, the Hoosiers had the better win on Saturday. They are twelve and a half point favorite. Is it really that large? Yeah. At the Rutgers. last time I saw it was three. Damn. What are you look What are you looking at? Well, I'm not a gambler like you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's just maybe maybe it's changed. Maybe I misread. Uh, that's a huge, huge jump. Wow. I thought so too. So let's let's wrap up with this. Go ahead. Does I'm gonna look I, it up real fast. Does, the crap does, out of me. Go ahead. Does IU win at Rutgers straight up Saturday? Straight straight up? Yeah. Yes. Chris? Yeah. I think we all are in agreement that IU will move to two and zero and keep the ranking alive. Let's say it is twelve and a half. Does IU? I, just, cover? I got it at eleven right here. Okay, I was close. It's gone it's, down. It, people, it's twelve on ESPN. People okay. are putting money on. Hey guys, that means people are putting money on Rutgers. They're moving the line. Right. Let's leave it at eleven. Does okay. IU cover eleven? No. I think we all. I think the game's going to be close as well. The Fighting Shianos are going to be. They're ready to play. Correct. And they got a. And they got a million. And they got a million transfers, so it's not like they're playing a bunch of freshmen or a bunch of people who were at Rutgers already. They're playing people who went somewhere else and like were the second string. Uh, Purdue at Illinois. This one's got me a little nervous. They've got the Boilers right now at minus a touchdown and an extra point. Meaning, Chris, that means Purdue's favored to win by no, seven. No, I, I, I knew, I knew what that meant. Um, well, I do believe the road teams won the last couple of years. Isn't the road team like six? It's always, a, it's always a good game, and I feel like half of them um, go to overtime, and it usually comes down to a field goal. Does Purdue win does. straight? Does Purdue win straight up? Straight up, yes. yes. We all are in agreement again. This is agreed, to, agreed to agree. <laughs> does Purdue cover the seven-point spread? Yes. No. Ooh, I, Chris, that's such a boiler answer. I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> David Bell, three more touchdowns, gets himself in the Heisman race as a three friend, more. As a, a friend, one to do it like in 25 years. Just wait. Boilers win big. That's all I got to say. Thanks for tuning in tonight on Agree to Disagree. <laughs>